0: Hey, Wonderfuls, welcome to episode 486 with Laura Craft. Let me just tell you something, Laura Craft is incredibly funny incredibly awesome she is somebody that I have known for many many years uh, you will hear more discussion about that during the episode uh, she's a marvelous writer and I hope you enjoy this episode I am going to shamelessly say right now in this intro that um, yesterday Adnan Sayed got to go home for the first time in 23 years and um, if you know I've been following that case Uh, since serial and assertively donated money and support to Rabia, uh, to Adnan via Rabia, and of course had her on my podcast, then you know that this was a huge deal and it has made anything cloudy in my world uh, look brighter. That being said, I do love clouds, so that was a really terrible analogy to use. Anyway, I just wanted to put that out there and say it gives me some hope to keep fighting the good fights. Of course, that also reminds me how much I appreciate all of you and that I get to make this podcast. So thank you so much and enjoy this episode with Laura.
1: Well, can you hear me now?
0: Yeah, yeah, you sound great. Okay. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I mean, I don't mean to brag, but a lot of people say I sound great. So it's just kind of me.
0: Well, let's get a little deeper into the audition process uh, as to whether or not you will qualify to be a guest on the JV Club. Uh, Were you at any time now or in your past or future a high school student?
1: Yeah. Yeah. For four years. I mean, I didn't just do it for a little bit. I did it for four years. It was almost a career. A while. I'm going to ask because I can't be totally sure. Freshman, sophomore, junior and senior. Yeah, all four years. I did the traditional. Okay. I'm from the Midwest. It was very common for people to go to high school after junior high. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what mm-hmm. I did. I went to my public high school. And did
0: you have hormones?
1: Oh, OK. This is where it gets tricky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from a Petri dish and um, this is. I wish you had said, we're going to be talking about, do you, are you a human being? Uh-huh. Because you know how you look at me and you're like, she's so pretty. She's got to be mechanical. Yes. yes. Well, well,
0: yes, there is a little bit of that. Yeah. That, uh, an android or two that uh, yeah. should have been a dead giveaway.
1: I'm actually human. I'm just, I was spawned by two human beings who, um, mm-hmm. I don't want to think about how I got spawned, but uh-huh. I was spawned. and <laughs> Here I am. But yeah, I went to high school. Did a, lot of, right. did a lot of people out here, like maybe some people didn't go to high school or they were like homeschooled or whatever. Let me say this. In the nearly
0: 500 episodes of this podcast I've done, Thank I, you for have having never, me. 500 I have never done. Episodes I know. In. No, no, no. Unbelievable. Uh, look, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I know we have like eight conversations already running right now just in the background, so I don't know how we're going to get back to everything. But you are one of those people that I'm I've always been very intimidated by. Like I've always been like, "Oh, I don't want to ask Laura Craft to do my podcast. Like she'll she's going to be like, "Oh, another person's podcast sure let me make time in my busy day for that and so oh it, it wasn't like it wasn't until we ran into each other that I was like I'm feeling I feel very brave right now like I feel like it I feel like I could ask her I feel like I could ask her and she wouldn't be annoyed
1: this is like the craziest thing I've ever heard that's insane
0: I can't explain it other than that you're very cool
1: oh. well <laughs> it's true I think you're very cool too well,
0: listen, OK, for anybody who doesn't know, this woman has done it all. And I feel like it's rare. I mean, sure, it happens and it's out there. But like as a an extremely funny writer and extremely funny actor to be able to continue doing both with the regularity with which I feel like I've observed you doing that, like I feel like that's unusual. Am I crazy?
1: Well, I don't really do very much acting. And I, I know, will but say you show up. But
0: you but everybody. But this thing, everybody that if you're writing on something, like, we got to get you in for this. Or if you're doing like it'll just be somebody who knows you or a casting director who loves you. I feel like people are always like, we got a slot craft in there in front of the camera. What are we crazy?
1: <sighs> I love this perception of me because it's uh, not how I see myself, but I'm well, I like what I'm here your for. perception a lot more than my perception <laughs> or the reality of my life, which is very different. But uh, <gasps> I, I haven't really act. I mean, I've done some acting, but I would say that I'm a writer because I'm I don't think I'm a very good actor. Well, and yeah, and it was to the point that I was on a show recently and as a writer and they needed to slot me in for the um, there was like a big table read and it's like a network. So there's like, you know, hundreds of people on this table read. And at the last minute, the actress who was supposed to play like one of the lead roles and then another actress who's playing another role, like a bunch of people couldn't make it. And so my boss was like, hey, could you just read? These parts, and it was a script that I had been out on script on my own script, and so I came back. I didn't really know all the jokes completely. Oh or no, continue. yeah, I, that's not. I tanked it so fair. badly that afterwards, the head of the oh. network was like, "Do we really need this like main character?" Oh like, Jesus! Oh, yes. you can't and do I, that. You have
0: there are other people that you can add. I don't think you should ever have to ask scenes... a writer who's, So you're supposed to be listening to what the response is, so that you know what I'm saying. Like, well, I you, mean, that's obviously fair. like
1: my boss I mean, was, it was in a binge. Right, he, right, right, um, But there were scenes that I was in with myself, and one of my favorite parts was yeah, that—that's terrible. Where I was playing like a mother and a son, like a young son, mm-hmm. which in animated, no. there's often there, sons are often played by women, and yep. sort of like Shakespeare, but the flip. Uh, and um, yep. Anyway, but I at one point the son had to sing a song by Usher. Oh, shit! And I don't this know is any a Usher nightmare. song. Nightmare. And I was like singing it like as nightmare. a young kid, like ah, you know, kind of doing like doing a voice. It was just like, and you could just see people kind of like. Ugh, like just oh, God, it was you're
0: describing a nightmare. You're describing a the equivalent of like you have the dream that you're naked in school or yeah. just any school dream. like I can I still have dreams where I, and I'm sure this is true for you too. but, you know, it like people are like, oh, what do what do performers and creative types dream about? If we have if if like non those people have dreams are on stage and they they don't know what to do and we're like no we have we also have those dreams <laughs> like no this was like a rea- I still have dreams where I'm I'm on stage doing a play and I'm like I sh- I'm, I shouldn't be here this is not right
1: <laughs> well it was also kind of funny because you know there's just sort of a reactionary thing that people usually do at the end of something where they just go great job. You know, so uh-huh. after a table read, it's always sort of awkward and it's like, well, guys, thanks so much. You know, we're going to give we're going to give you guys notes in just a little bit. Let us talk. And so we went back to the writer's room and you, usually people would be like, oh, my God. And people were just like kind of quiet. Oh, and my no. boss was like, OK, so let's figure out what we're going to do the rest of the day. And it was just like, oh, oh, I don't know. And then I have that thing where I'm at red lights, you know, months later and I'll just sort of be at a red light and I'll just kind of go, oh, my God. Oh, oh that? yes.
0: Yeah. Oh, yes. I definitely have those. I definitely have those. But do you feel like, realistically, do you really feel like it was your, like, your spin on the roles you had to read that, that, or was it, like, the writing? Like, like the writing was fine, but it wasn't right for whatever the network was expecting. Like, can you really put that much on yourself? I
1: really can in this particular case. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty bad. It was, like, you know, we're... <laughs> And then, because then weeks later, I would say, like, oh, God, you know, we, while we were trying to reconfigure the character. Uh-huh. And I would say sort of like, oh, God, I just feel like so responsible for this because, you know, the whole writer's room had to, like, work longer hours and be like, who yeah. is this character? And
0: it ended uh-huh. up being
1: ultimately good because we found a better character. Huh. I think, huh? yeah. But um, I, I would say stuff like, oh, you guys, I just feel like so guilty about this. Just this, this was because of my table read and then just silence. <laughs> no one no, no one, one steps sort of up of like, to be like oh don't be silly oh, come on you're putting too much on yourself it doesn't matter people are like nah, that's pretty bad
0: So, oh god
1: sorry i took oh, my no. ponytail out people are listening to this right it's not really a... yeah no one's gonna see okay, good.
0: but no one's gonna see pony or non-pony i'll be honest with you i don't even have a bra on. oh Ooh,
1: what because it's so hot it's so hot and i oh i have to take out my, i get a headache from my ponytail from my thick luxurious locks so,
0: oh, lucky duck. Yeah, I get I feel like I get a headache just from anything.
1: <laughs> I mean, it like, it is. It's like my hair is it's, in a good hot way. weather,
0: it's like am I dehydrated? Is it my head? Was my hair too tight? Oh, it's just Did I not is, eat
1: enough? Like global warming is if this is going to be the new norm. It's very inconvenient. I mean, it's just and I'm such a sweaty person. I feel like <laughs> yeah it's more unfair for me than for others and I know that might not be a cool thing to say but just like, I was like a sweaty newborn my mom used to make jokes about how she would pick me I was my birthday's in late June and she would pick me up from my, my bassinet and I would be like you know four weeks old just dripping in sweat and she would just hold me up outside the window or like the front door and let a breeze hit me and you I know just like so oh no
0: well okay but were you crying along with being sweaty? Because if you were a cheerful, wet baby, I feel like that's great. I, I think mean, I was probably not. I would feel like, I feel like okay. I would be screaming, screaming. Because what else can you do when you're uncomfortable as a tiny thing yeah. other than just scream?
1: Well, I don't remember because I was just a tiny thing. But I think. Uh, you don't remember? That's so weird. Don't I you don't. think that's weird? I think that's so weird. I don't remember being a baby at all. I don't remember being weird. And then Weirdo. also because there's so many kids in my family, my mother never remembered. I remember uh, when I first moved to LA, I went to get my astrological chart read, sort of as mm-hmm. a joke, but you had to know mm-hmm. what time you were born. And our mm-hmm. our house had been burgled, and so we all had like replacement birth certificates that didn't have the time of our birth. And oh, so I asked crucial. my mom, I was like, do you remember when I was born? And she would always just kind of be like, I don't, I don't know, you're you're here now, I have no idea. I know, right? you know, she didn't remember, it. because there were so many of us, and I'm the sixth out of seven, I remember saying, yeah. well, when did I start walking? She's like, I don't know. You're walking now. Or when did I get to? Uh-huh. Like, no remembrance, <laughs> no recollection? And then I didn't talk for a long, long time. And that's all that she remembered is that I didn't hmm. talk until I was like right before kindergarten, like five years old. Presumably too sweaty. Too sweaty. I had so much moisture on my face. <laughs> that it was weighed down and the muscles couldn't, like had, were not yet developed enough to.
0: Yeah, move exactly. My face. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not going to make you regale, like, every single one of your siblings and, like, how everybody fits into the family dynamic of seven kids. But that, obviously, I'm not saying anything new, is a lot of kids. It is. And it is interesting to me. Like, I I feel like I've talked to a couple people from families that big where they were, like, there was sort of a point at which... You can't apply any of the family dyna- dynamics except, I think, maybe the eldest and the youngest. And, like, everything in between, people are like, I, I don't know. Like, we- it's its a scuffle by then. Like, it's just a big hodgepodge. Like, you can't. Do you feel like that was true for your family? Or was they like, like the I'm birth- the brain. I'm the middle <laughs> child. I try to make peace. You know what I mean? I think- and, by the way, if you need to use that voice for a <laughs> kid voice, the next time you have to do a table read, it's
1: yours. <laughs> I'm the, I'm the brain. I think I can do it. <laughs> it's great. Um, I I think that what's kind of interesting about my family is that there's, we're, we're sort of spread apart. So there's kind of like little families within the family.
0: Ah.
1: I, I, so like we sort of refer to the top five kids as family A uh-huh. and then sort of the bottom three kids, even though there's seven of us, one of them pivots is family B, mm-hmm. but really I would say it's like the top five kids and then me and my little brother in a way. Ah, Okay. But so I'm like the youngest girl and in I was in Second City and there were a lot of us that were the second to last of big families. Isn't that and there's something that really applies to the if you're the second to the wow. bottom, it's it's you're sort of like you're not the baby. You're just yeah. kind of like ignored, but like, you know, the older kids take care of you and there's just like no, like I didn't have a nobody taught me how to ride my bike. Like I I hmm. I a neighbor's a man on my street, I asked him uh and I finally paid him part of my allowance to teach me how to ride my bike no yeah because my dad just like wasn't a, it just I mean and I was loved and I have to say yeah I had, yeah, yeah. A, I had a great childhood. oh I'm mad
0: at the man I'm not I mean oh. I'm not even judging I'm just still annoyed with I think I feel like it's amazing to me that he
1: was like I mean how much he got <laughs> <laughs> I think he my time is precious I'm trying to remember he was a professional there were a lot of musicians on my street from the Chicago Symphony I'm from Evanston Illinois yeah and it's
0: sort of my like that's from Evanston
1: oh my gosh really yeah it must be pretty cool
0: He's pretty cool. He did. He lived in Evanston, maybe. Or wait, could he have lived in Wilmette and gone to school in Evanston or vice versa? Would there be a reason? Or would it be like maybe they must have moved? Because Wilmette is also in my head. And I know they lived both. I, I know that he has like a connection to both places.
1: Well, Wilmette is the next town over. Okay. If you're going north along the lake from Chicago, it's all part of the North Shore. Okay. But Wilmette, it, it's sort of funny because it's a, the Wilmette High School is. Our rival high school, we met, and I think Winnetka. It's called Nutrier and I went that, to Evanston.
0: That's where my dad went.
1: Oh yeah, so that was like the big, as soon as he said that. equally big, but very like snobby school. And my school was sort of like the more um, Evanston's sort of more diverse and socioeconomically and ethnically and everything. So yeah, um, we really hated Nutrior. New- New was all like rich kids,
0: and they and which is funny because my family is not that. But um, well, I think it's, it's funny. The I don't know, but I know he went. to... And also, he moved from he moved, he left New Trier probably as a freshman to move to Phoenix, Arizona. And oh. that, that was like, you know, that's going into a real melting pot of a public school. Yeah. Um, like literally yeah.
1: probably 120 degrees. <laughs> like and actually, pot. yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Right. Exactly. Right. You could, I mean, a sweater, you never could have made it. You yeah. couldn't have cut it. I know it would have liquefied.
1: Yes. My brother, I have a brother who lives in Phoenix and there, he's always sort of every year, he's been there for like 30, 35 years or something. And he's always like, Every summer, he's like, "It's so hot." I was like, "Haven't you yeah. caught on that for like know. four months of the year you can't live there?" And you I just know. everything's like his his kids did athletics at like four in the morning. They would go like have track. Yeah, or- you'd have to. Oh, you and, the swim meets, and so do- like the water yeah. was too hot.
0: Oh, totally. I mean, that's a whole real yeah. thing. And as we've discussed, it's only getting worse. So good luck with that, everyone, including us. Um, yeah. Did every single family like did all of your siblings all go to the Wilmet school? And was it like by the time you got in, it's like, oh, we got another craft on our hands.
1: Well, the Evanston school. How dare
0: you? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. How dare I you. forgot. I already forgot. I thought Evanston you said was more so. I thought you said Evanston was more diverse and Wilmette was more snobby.
1: Yeah, so, I was from Evanston. Well, why did my dad go? I'm gonna have to
0: ask him. I'm gonna have to grill him.
1: He maybe he was like, I can't take this snobbiness. I have to leave. Could be. Also, I mean, there's there's neighborhoods everywhere, but I mean, that, that's sort of just more the perception. But I actually, I actually think it is the reality. It's a, actually that is the reality. But no,
0: you're. I'm sure you're right.
1: But we all went to Evanston. My parents. My parents moved into the house I was raised in in 1960. So they were there. We sold it in 2019 after they both had passed away, and they had been there that whole time. So. We were like the mayors. I mean, we were so anchored in that town. Yeah. It was the only place I ever, you know, I I didn't move until I came out to L.A. in 97. Oh, yeah.
0: And did you and so were you going to the same school with the same kids kind of continuously, like all the way through? Like by the time you were a senior, was it like, well, everybody, we might as well have swapped (laughs) blood because I sure am tired of you or I love you. And I can't believe we're not going to see each other.
1: Evanston is huge. Um, Our high school, I think my graduating class was like a thousand people. Oh, okay. And then and I went to a couple high school or I went to two grade schools. I went to one grade school, Dr. Martin Luther King Junior Laboratory School. Laboratory school. Yeah, it was like sort of it was a public school, but it was sort of like an open 70s sort of like I think it was called open education, open Uh floor plan or something. But what it translated to was that if, they, if the teacher was teaching math and you were sort of bored, you could go to the science corner and just sort of immerse yourself in science experiments or go to the reading wow. corner. And people like me, like I thrived there. And then one of my brothers, we got bused there. It was sort of like an, an integration mm-hmm. um, project as well, like where there was like certain kids were bused from all around the town mm-hmm. to this one. That's the
0: kind like, of school I went to. So yeah, it was certainly.
1: like a newer school. And, um, and but my there's a thing called the Iowa Test, which kids mm-hmm. take in seventh grade that sort of tracks you to yes. high school. So my next oldest brother took his Iowa test and he was like in seventh grade and they realized he couldn't read because so then we both got pulled out of that school and put in like a more normal school. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And then, but I was fine. Like I was actually way ahead. So I was, yeah, he, yeah. So I switched schools and then I went to junior high and there's, I think there's probably, I don't know how many, I think there's maybe like four or five junior highs that feed into the school and I don't know how many grade schools, but I mean, it's a big it's a pretty big town. I think there's like, yeah, 275,000. No, that might be wrong. I don't know. I don't know any of
0: the. <laughs> it's my fault because I know I've talked about Evanston with people before and I and I don't know why I turned it into like a cute little a know, tour of
1: Evanston. One, I, I think yeah, one stop like a stoplight town people. in my head. That's stupid. It rivals China. Uh-huh, OK, great, people great, 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 Live in the town. That tracks. Yeah, yeah. So you don't necessarily marry the people
0: sure, you sure, sure, went to sure. high school with. Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum
1: Fun. Hey there, beautiful people. I'm Travell Anderson. And I'm Jared Hill.
0: We are the hosts of Fantai, the show where we have complex and complicado conversations about the gray areas in our lives, the things that we really, really love sometimes, but also have some problematic feelings about. Yes, we get into it all. You want to know our thoughts about Nicki Minaj and all her foolishness? We got you. You want to know our thoughts about gentrification and perhaps some positive?
1: question mark
0: oh. aspects of gentrification we get into that too every single thursday you can check us out at maximumfun.org. listen you know you want it honey so come on and get it <laughs> period so you had a good high school experience did you were you sort of like busy active doing lots of activities and clubs and all that kind of business or
1: well, I have to sort of clarify that there's like a couple of things that sort of have to set up my high school experience. Okay. Number one is that my dad was European and a refugee. He came over here during the war, during World War II, the war, a lot of wars, but World War II. Yep. And uh, he sort of raised us in a way that until I was a grown-up, I didn't realize how different it was. But until I saw the sound of music, and I was like, oh. And my reaction watching it is was why are they in the trees in their play clothes? Like they shouldn't be Uh climbing trees in those. Like I was, we were raised basically in a Von Trapp household. Uh And there were all these like sort of, my parents were very strict and there were um, a lot of like family rules. Like everybody started piano at like four or five. Um, The girls all had to take ballet. Um, Mm -hmm. The boys all had to be Boy Scouts and they couldn't quit till they were an Eagle Scout. We Mm -hmm. all did chores. We had Sunday was, my dad used to, whistle, where there's a family whistle, we would line up and go down the stairs. We, wow. I mean, it was like, we called our parents, ma'am and sir. Okay. And we, and I mean, it wasn't, it makes it sound like we were, it makes it sound like we were like this weird thing. We also played outside and stuff, but like we weren't oh, allowed yeah. to be like barefoot. Yeah. We weren't allowed to leave our toys outside. Yeah. We weren't, you know, but then it was also a different time. So it was like, you had a lot more freedom. And then because I was the six out of seven, Um, And my next oldest brother was sort of like, he's, he's. I love all my siblings, he's wonderful, but he's very like sunshiny. Like he he was very like the sun and I was sort of the shade. Uh And I was pretty little when I was like, oh, cool. I can just kind of do whatever I want because nobody's really noticing. And so I was sort of like, I spent a lot of time alone. I had this whole like inner secret life that, um, for example, uh, I think I was maybe in fifth grade when I started smoking. And I started okay. smoking by going to the the Holiday Inn that was being built in downtown Evanston. And I would just go there, walk after school to the Holiday Inn, and I would go through all the ashtrays and take half-smoked cigarette butts and put them in a little baggie. And then when I was home and I was supposed to be sweeping underneath the front porch or sweeping up the garage, which was like a daily chore of mine, I would practice smoking. And the guy who taught me how to ride my bike, would talk to me while I was smoking. And I was ten, <laughs> and he would tell me about problems with his wife. <laughs> Which now I think back, and I was like, "That's crazy! This is a wonderful! I really <laughs> hope that
0: this is going to turn into a show I can watch." This so I is would, amazing, and so
1: I would smoke, and then I would also sort of um, just walk around and sort of like spy on people. Uh-huh. I would call it in my head; I called it stalking. But I would go to like a, <laughs> much much better, right? I was like, I I I actually did a one woman show about it when I first came to L A. called My Life as a Stalker, but basically. I just would follow people, you know, if I had, if my mom sent me to the grocery store to, to go, you know, pick up groceries or something, I would follow somebody for a little bit on the way there and just yeah, see where I they get were it. going and- I get it. And then when I was a grown up in Chicago, I would, if I had like an afternoon, you know, I was in second city or before that I was, you know, working and in graduate school and stuff. And I would just sort of like, like, you know, I'm just gonna go follow people for a bit. And I would just leave the house and go follow people. I always I had a, a standing date where I watched the family across the street from me have Sunday dinner and uh-huh. it was like well, I would turn off all my lights and have Thai food and just watch them. Oh, but in, but in high school, um, I don't know. So like in junior high and stuff, I just sort of was kind of a loner. I I I had friends, but I was one of those people who was alone a lot. But I had a lot of friends. So mm-hmm. but I was maybe not the person you'd think of to invite to the party. Mm. But like nothing bad ever happened. You know what I mean? It wasn't like... I, I feel like
0: you're describing my life now. <laughs> yeah, like they weren't like...
1: I know, mine... felt I mean, so familiar. My life continued in the same vein, by the way. Yeah. But it's just sort of like, I don't know. I just... Um, even... And I had everything I could possibly want. But I remember uh, when my parents passed away, um, we were taking apart the house and we found my mom had like these folders sort of in the attic that we didn't know about that was each kid sort of like, you know, like if there was something we did, like a card or something, she'd throw it sure. in a Laura folder. And yeah. one of the things in my folder was a program from when I was in an ice skating show, because I used to ice skate. And then also like I did ballet every day. Also after school, I had an activity. I was in yep. piano, um, I took flute, um, which I still play both piano and flute. And I did ballet, which I was terrible at. I have a sister who's a ballerina, but I never got to even on point because I had like flat feet and it's just not, it's not what my body is made for, but I also did ice skating and I was in an ice skating show and my mom was just sort of like, there was something, maybe when I was like in junior high where she was just like, oh, I'm done, I'm done. And she just like was a great mom, but she never no longer cooked because she'd been cooking for like sure. big family. She was just like, we, my little brother and I had like fast food every night And she was also done like making costumes. And I remember Uh I came home and I was a I had auditioned. I was a a dancing girl or I think I was I think I was a dancing doll or something. And I was supposed to my mom was supposed to make this costume that was like a doll costume. And I remember I gave it to her and I was like, I'm supposed to be a doll. and She's like, yeah, I'm not doing that. And so there's a picture of me from the performance. And everyone is a doll with like cheeks and like Uh ponytails and frilly outfits. And I just have like a button down and a (laughs) v-neck. and khakis. <laughs> my hair's like in a ponytail. <laughs> and that I feel like sums up my entire childhood. Like, I was loved. I was beloved. Yeah. But it was just sort of like, I just sort of did my own thing. And you know, I think my, my parents came to some, I don't, my dad didn't come to the shows, but like my mom would come to shows and like my siblings, it was just sort of like a different, like, you know, I don't know. And then also the European part of it was that, and because there were so many kids, there's sort of like, there wasn't and my mom is norwegian which i i'm realizing as i get older the deep like so norwegians are just like very kind of tough yeah and uh they just like there's not a lot of like applause for kids you know yeah yeah so for example like high school graduation people would get like you know presents and stuff and my parents were like well were you we not going to graduate high school like what are you what do we apply you know like it was just there wasn't a lot of like you know like sweet 16 parties or right that kind of a thing i think my parents were just sort of like no you turn 16 and then next year you're 17 and like you know it yeah. wasn't so it wasn't like i remember actually like telling my mom, my mom was driving me to a sweet 16 party when i was in high school and i remember her sort of musing to herself like so these are like things that are like uh like would you want to have one of these parties and i was like i mean yeah that would be that would be great i would love a sweet 16 party it's like uh-huh. okay yeah, let's have a sweet 16 party for you and i was like and because my parents were great i'm making it sound like yeah. they were They were wonderful no you're not you're not but she was you're like all right fun. let's work to let's have a sweet 16 party for you and i was like okay so then my birthday came around and there was like no mention of it and then i thought oh well it's obviously going to be a surprise party yeah. so then like <laughs> i would like look cute like a couple days beforehand <laughs> and i would sort of like be like i'm back from the store you know and <laughs> i'm back from piano lessons and then My birthday came. It was just like, my mom sort of was like, well, well, you know, you can choose dinner. And Uh, I, and I was like, okay. And then just like, you know, nothing happened. My older Uh. siblings came over
0: for dinner. (laughs) Like it
1: wasn't a big deal. And then afterwards, like the next week I was like, ah, they're doing it after my ice. Very clever. And then it didn't happen. So then I was like, okay, (laughs) I mean, I got presents and stuff. Like I, again, I was loved, but then, um, so then like six months later, driving with my mom and i told her this story i was like it's so funny i thought you were gonna have a sweet 16 party and she was like oh my god that's terrible i can't believe oh my god i feel awful i'm really sorry like yeah yeah oh you know what we're gonna have a party for you when you turn 17 is that what do you think of that and i was like okay that sounds great and then the same thing happened (laughs) the same exact thing i was like okay i'm i'm back and just like nothing so yeah she
0: had a lot going on I guess she had had a lot on her plate a lot of kids
1: she had a lot of kids for a long time and
0: not and it was not you know evil intentions or anything like that it was just like like, what's in what's right in front of you and then life happens and then you get you don't get either party
1: I know I love that I fell for it twice though I know (laughs) but yeah but like in high school and I don't know I mean also like my role in the family was sort of like uh cry baby tattletale uh-huh. so um that was the other thing like I just sort of I'm a rule follower i'm I'm a deep rule follower mm. so I'm sort of like a weird loner, but then also a rule follower, which is i guess those two could go together um except for the stalking part and the smoking oh, yeah, and the smoking <laughs> and I would do stuff like um rearrange people's um I think an older sister taught me this like we, we to rearrange people's this is terrible now as a grown up. <laughs> We would re in apartment buildings. We'd, you know, no. when we walk by apartment buildings, we oh, go in yeah. and rearrange the name no. and the mail slots, and then also in the doorbells. Yeah, that sucks. That's terrible. <laughs> we would do it all the time. So,
0: so go back to you, big rule follower. Well, oh, yeah. that sounds to me like you can be both things in the sense that, like, the things that you were doing. I mean, obviously, there was someone else you had an accomplice in the, and someone taught you to do the the stuff that you were doing with the with the nameplates. But there's it makes sense to me because I feel like my mom is very similar and in many ways I am too where like the front facing not alone side of me is like very worried about getting in trouble or doesn't want to get in trouble in front of others and you know kind of is a rule follower but like left to my own devices I don't know that that conscious conscience is going to carry over and so I would like steal a candy bar from a store by myself but like if I was with a friend who did it, I might have been like, What are you doing?
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> super hypocritical. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't I'm, know. Well, my rule, I I wouldn't, I don't think I, I mean, I just did things where I was like, This is crazy. But it wasn't yeah. like, nothing was really like, I, I didn't do, commit any crimes past smoking. And really, all yeah. I kind of did was smoke. Uh-huh. And then. Um, <laughs> how did you want, like, how did that?
0: What, do you remember why that felt appealing and that you were like, I've solved this because I can access these half smoked cigarettes that other people have had their mouth on uh, and I, I can I, and then I can smoke.
1: Well, I think my, my dad smoked a pipe. Um, and then I think I just watched a lot of old movies and I thought it looked cool. And I thought, sure. Yes, and I think I probably have an oral fixation. Yeah. And so the other thing I would do so I would go, this hotel was being built. So then after it was built, I would go, I would get cigarettes from the hotel lobby ashtrays. And then I would sit for a really long time, like in the corner and just sort of watch what was happening. And I got to know the entire schedule of the hotel. Like I knew who was on at what shift. And I would just sort of like, there was a, a manager there who worked on the three to 11 shift. And she would always like, I was there so much that I became part of the like furniture. Uh-huh. and i remember whenever she was alone she would stick her left hand through her shirt on her boob like when she was like thinking and she'd be like on the phone and she'd have her hand on her yeah. boob and i would always be like why is she doing that does she have her hand on her boob is it you know does she just need the comfort is she um does, yeah is it an erotic thing is it like yeah uh, does she keep change in there is there like a uh-huh. diamond in there like uh-huh. what is happening <laughs> so i had like a lot of those things was like you know neighbors that i'm really making myself sound like a loon. No, I don't think so. I mean, was.
0: everything you're describing to me sounds like the charming character you meet in a Wes Anderson movie. Like, it's not, you know, it's pretty benign in terms of the kookiness yeah. and you sort of being a person. And also you're a writer. So for me, that's like an immediate, I could sort of write that off quickly because it's like you're interested in people you're interested in scenes you're interested in storytelling you're interested in other people's stories like having that interest I mean you know like if you said oh I was I was one of those kids who just sat in front of her mirror putting on makeup for five hours to try to make myself look as pretty as possible I don't know that I would be as interested yeah uh, or maybe in a different way but I want to hang out with I want to hang out with the girl who stalked you know yeah like that's that's very interesting to me um, yeah. Did, I mean, when did you
1: stop smoking?
0: Like, did you ever take it? Like, were, was there ever a time where you were doing it as a adult who needed to oh, smoke?
1: Yeah. I've yeah. been I also started running when I was like 10 because my next oldest brother um was also they diagnosed him with being hyperactive, which is, I guess, pre ADHD or whatever. Yep. And he so my mom would make him run around the block and then she made me run around the block. So I would run around the block before school and then. My oldest sister, this is like when 10Ks first like started. I've been running for so long that I've started running before there were running shoes. Like oh, my first 10K that I ran. It's amazing. I was like maybe 11 and um, around 11. And I wore like tree torns and, and like an IZAD shirt and like tennis shorts and wow. hair ribbon. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, so I would go running every morning. I've been running and then smoking. I don't know. There's times in my life like where I've smoked a lot and then... That's sort of I mean, that's tapered off because, you know, I have asthma and I run i I like to run distance and stuff. So but I still like to have like the perfect cigarette at night, like one. I I don't have like an addictive personality, so I can have like one perfect cigarette. And yeah. Yeah. So I
0: mean, I get that, too. So you can still run. You've been running this whole time and you're not one of those people that's like, but now my knees are shot. So I dot dot dot. That's so cool. No, I
1: mean, I'm no. I mean, is this Hardy? Is this the Hardy Norwegian blood?
0: Going through your veins?
1: Yeah, I think so. It's like the the Viking running up the hill. Yeah, uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, the thick, sluggish, uh-huh. <laughs> filled with took, fat and butter <laughs> and cheese, and it's just like glowing like through my veins. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't get that. I don't really get cold. I really like the cold weather. I mean, yeah. I'm not a hot weather person, so maybe. But my mom was I'm always freezing, either. so that theory kind of gets blown away. Oh, true. And then her sister. Wait, was so a your mom woman. is
0: Norwegian, and what's your dad?
1: My dad was uh, like my birth certificate. He was like Czechoslovakian, but he was ethnic German speaking. He was like an ethnic. It was like you know Czechoslovakia was af, was constructed after World War One. That's when they made the boundaries for it. So his yeah. area, his family had been in his town for like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. But they spoke German, and then so okay. it was like part of the Sudetenland. And mm-hmm. he's Jewish, and so um, they left during the war. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Did
0: you date
1: when you were in high school? I, you know, the other thing that sort of, I think the stalker in me means that I sort of like always was sort of looking outward and not, and part of the problem with that is you don't realize that anyone can see you. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that I, I, my therapist and I have really landed on, which is that, you know, a lot of what, even like performing and stuff, I'm always surprised if somebody, like even when you're like the perception of me, your yeah. perception of me. It's always interesting to me that someone has a perception of me, which I know yeah. sounds crazy, especially because I am a performer and I've worked, I've done this now for a long time, but I never feel like somebody, I always feel like I'm kind of like, I can do whatever I want. Cause I'm kind of like a ghost mm-hmm. or something, which I, yeah. I don't know if that's logical, but when I went to high school reunions, people were like, Oh my God, I had such a crush on you. And I was like, you did, like, I was completely oblivious. I made out with a couple people, people. Um, but then not really. I think there's like one guy who had a big crush on me and it was one of those things where everybody knew he had a crush on me. And then sort of the whole the whole click was sort of like not well, I wasn't really in a click, but like everybody was sort of rooting for him because he was a really nice guy. And he was very popular and people and then he would call me. So I would just I didn't know any of this and I would get a mm-hmm. call from him and he'd say, you know, do you want to go get ice cream? And I would say, well, I can't. I You know, I had something every day. I played soccer. I ran track. I was at cross country. And I was like, "Why? Well, I, I have a piano lesson. And then the next day I would hear from his sister that he had just gotten his driver's license and the big plan was to take me for ice cream. And I didn't, but he didn't say, I just got my driver's license and I wanted to take you for ice cream. I, I think you're pretty. I have a crush on you. He just said, right. so I was sort of like, I just heard, do you want to get ice cream? And I was like, I can't. Uh-huh. Sort of like that was it. And uh-huh. then like long after that, we were in a production of something and he was by then dating somebody else who I also didn't know. And then we made out on the dance floor at like a at an after play. I also did some theater and after, like at a party afterward. There was this one theater thing that we did that was through the local YMCA, but it was a big deal for my high school. It was called Brilliantine, and you had to audition for it. And it was juniors and seniors, I think. I can't remember, but anyway, this was I think junior year because he was a year older than me, and we made out on the dance floor at a post at a post show party. And it was a scandal. And I didn't realize it was a scandal until I was, like, in a bathroom stall and there was a line of girls waiting for the bathroom stall and they started talking about me. And I was, like, sort of initially listening to who they were talking about, like, oh, my God, this is some juicy gossip. Uh-huh. Oh, and then it was no. me and I was like, oh, my God. Like, I had I – had... so it was sort of oh. – I feel like that was my high school time. Is I There was a lot that I had no idea about. But then I also knew that I wasn't invited to parties and stuff. I wanted to go to parties. And my childhood best friend um, – you know, she and I, there were a couple of times that made me laugh where we, it would be like a Saturday night and we'd be like, well, we should like go to parties. Like, why aren't we at parties? And so we got dressed up and we drove to a 7 Eleven and we hung out in the parking lot. The theory being that we would see people like buy beers and then we would just follow them to the party. And we sure. saw some guys that we knew buy beers and we followed them to one of the guys, one of the the house of one of the guys. And then we knocked on the door and the mom answered, and it was just the guys downstairs drinking beer. <laughs> but so, yeah, I mean, yeah, that was sort of, it was, I mean, I, I think it was one of those things, like high school for me was one of those things where I just remember being like, oh, I'm so glad I never, I was so cognizant that I never had to do it again. I was like, I just yeah. go through. But, but like the not being aware, like I remember, um, like in, I didn't develop until I was pretty old. And so in high, in junior high, we had to change, you know, in gym class, you had to change. Sure. Everybody had bras, and because my parents had been both been raised with like nothing, they were like, "Look, if everyone has something and it's really important, you let us know." So I remember, for example, guest jeans. I remember I came home and I said to my mom, "Everyone has guest jeans," and my mom would be like, "Get the keys!" And we would get the <laughs> keys, and we would just get in the car and go get. I had guest jeans like within an hour. Uh, Which I didn't, I now I regret that I didn't use that more efficiently. But I was just like, <laughs> but so another thing was a bra. And I remember saying like, people are wearing bras. And I was like, get the keys. And we got the keys and we went and we got me a bra and I was completely flat. And this was before they had like, you know, like now they have like, now they understand some girls are flat and just need bras. Yeah. Or yes. some people or whomever. And, uh, and so I had a bra on and I remember I went to go play softball or baseball with these guys at a, I had a, we went and got a bra and then afterwards on the way home, my mom like let me out of the car because I saw some people I knew from my, I, I also grew up on a block that was like mostly guys. So I played football and I played baseball and I actually just saw one of the guys when I was home recently and he was like, you were one of those people, like, I played baseball, but, like, I never got dirty, because I was, like, uh-huh. a tattletale, so I would, like, play baseball, and I would slide, but I just was, like, never, I always had a hair ribbon, and, like, a pink Izod shirt, and I never got dirty, but I still played baseball. Uh, anyway, so he, they let me out to go play baseball, and um, and I remember my, the Izod shirt was, like, the, the boobs were so, there's nothing filling them, so they were wrinkled, and the shirt was, like, kind of wrinkled, and I was, like, hey, guys, I'm wearing a, Anything? Was like, what's wrong with your like? What are you wearing? You've got wrinkled boobs. Like, what's happening? So that night, I um, made boobs for myself out of like paper and scotch tape, and I made like what would probably be the equivalent of like a C to D size boob, and I put them in my bra, and I went to school the next day, and I walked around with like C cup oh, boobs, no. just like sort of walking around, like oh. looking good, and like nobody said anything. And then um, I remember I went home. So another consequence of my mom having this big family is that she would, especially when there were more kids at home, but she was sort of like, she was a housewife and she was like a perfectionist. And so she would just take, you could never, there's no dirty, like you would have dirty laundry for like a half a second. And then my mom mm-hmm. would just take things while you were sleeping and just wash them. And yeah. so in the morning you'd wake up and everything, you know, she was up all night. I'm making it sound crazy, but she... No, I feel like she had seven kids.
0: Like, she developed a system to stay sane and to sort of, like, you know, the same with the whistle, the family whistle and stuff. Like, anybody who doesn't come from a huge family, I mean, maybe those people who do can have opinions about this, but, like, I'm an only child. I don't get to have an opinion about your mom's style of parenting when she, over the course of several years, had all these kids and, like, you know what I mean? Right.
1: Well, I also think, like, you know, my mom was, like, a housewife, like in the 70s and stuff, I think she was like a 70s housewife where she said to her doctor, I'm tired. And he gave her speed and then he gave her Valium. And then she had a shot of Kahlua every morning to settle her nerves. Ooh, yeah. So, which yeah. makes it sound crazy, but it wasn't really. It was just sort of like, and then I feel like that was one of my common. brothers. It was very common. And one of my brothers was in health class and he wrote a paper about like somebody, I, I thought Kahlua was coffee because it said coffee liqueur. So I thought coffee came like either hot, like my dad drank it or like, in a little like morning settling thing like my mom drink it yeah and then um my my brother wrote a paper and then my mom went cold turkey but she washed i just (laughs) remember my shirt and my bra and then my boobs which i had hidden next to my bra (laughs) my drawer were like (laughs) and then i didn't it again
0: but so the paper wasn't that crump like wasn't it that seems like it would be just as difficult to sort of Turn into boobs as anything like as you as as not having hey, that you at never all. Made a,
1: you've never made a toilet. I'm sure paper I have,
0: or? but I feel like it would have been like socks, like something that's smooth versus like paper, which kind of crumples into like jutting out corners and things. No,
1: oh yeah, this this was jutting out corners. <laughs> It didn't look real. It was like, and no one, one said at anything well. to, to like, you. It's cool. Nobody said anything. <sighs> it was also amazing. kind of funny because in junior, it was like around the same time I also went through this, like weird like existential crisis where i sort of realized that we were all sort of born to die and uh hmm. i remember like my i started wearing like my form of all black which was like a navy blue eyes shirt and like navy blue khakis <laughs> and like being like you, you know you see skin i see a cage for my soul like just very like dramatic and yeah all oh, navy is such a wonderful
0: twist to the the goth approach you know, like this, oh, this little preppy,
1: i oh, navy blue hair ribbon. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was like such a goody two And it's oh, also so like I never... I, I, don't I don't know. It's really... all very
0: incongruous in a way that's... Yeah, it's so messy, but it's so great.
1: Oh, I mean, teachers had to talk to my parents because I was sort of like... My, I remember my piano teacher was like, what is happening with her? And like my social studies teacher, and I just didn't feel like doing anything. I was like, oh, do you realize... I, it really hit me that we were all going to die. And I was yeah. like, there's just no reason... Like, why am i and then also i remember it was like maybe around the time that carl sagan was doing talking about uh, what was the carl sagan thing cosmos um cosmos yeah and i was like well what's past that like what happens yeah. beyond that and yeah. everyone's like that that's that's it i was like okay but then past that like what yeah. even now if i think about it i can't think about it i start getting i understand like, what's past it I understand. it's like looking underwater you know like i can snorkel but like scuba diving
0: yeah there's a marianna's the trench
1: it's thirty six thousand feet deep I'm
0: not... i feel the same way i start getting like I, like
1: yeah like claustrophobic and yeah like, <laughs> like Oop, i'm
0: claustrophobic in my own mind like mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is weird because you're thinking it's like you're thinking too far outside of something but that makes you feel like constricted yeah oh oh it's time for a quick break i will be back after a word from our friends at maximum fun
1: Oh my gosh, hi, I'm Dave Holmes, host of the pop culture trivia podcast, Troubled Waters. On Troubled Waters, we play games like motivational speeches. It goes a little like this. Riley, give us an improvised motivational speech on why people should listen and subscribe to Troubled Waters. I look around this ad and I see a lot of potential to listen to comedians such as Jackie Johnson and Josh Gondelman, and they need you to get out there and listen to them attempt to figure out
0: sound rebus clues or determine if something is a Game of Thrones character or a city
1: in Wales. I have chills. I'm going to give you 15 points. All that and so much more on Troubled Waters. Find it on MaximumFun.org or wherever you choose to listen to podcasts.
0: I want to make sure I have time to play this MASH game with you because I do play MASH at the end of every episode. And it is essentially just, you know, improvised wish fulfillment. Um, I'm going to give you some categories. Is this and the you just MASH have, you know, game? Like mansion,
1: like, I just learned this from... It's the
0: Mansion, Apartment, <gasps> Shack, and House. Oh, my
1: God. I love this. Yeah. I have a, um, a nephew who was just telling me about how great MASH is. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, I haven't listen, played it yet. I haven't played it yet.
0: Some people... Well, now you can really show off to him. Some people play it where they, they, they'll they throw in mean stuff that you might get stuck with, but that's not really how I operate. So this is basically just the hardest thing for you will be knowing that maybe in an hour you might go like, oh, I can't believe I said... when i really should have said this you know but um i'm creating this this is we're gonna have this alternate universe uh world for you that's gonna be full of things that you love for example i will start with a category of three places in the world that you would love to have another home if you could we could sort of just teleport you there whenever you wanted
1: oh my gosh oh my gosh okay i mean it's so boring but paris not boring london not boring and evanston Mm -hmm. i love evanston
0: I, clearly I need to get there, so I stop referring to it as a small town uh, I like it
1: okay. I also like that I'm like really like in The pocket of Big Evanston in this podcast. Like, I've never really been this, like, this hometown proud before in my life. But, like, something is is happening.
0: I love it. I love it. Okay. Next one, let's do three movies that you can jump into and just be in that world whenever you want. You're not reliving the plot. It's just whatever, however that movie makes you feel, like, the the texture of it, all of that, you get to just jump into and be in whenever you want. And you in and out, whatever you want.
1: It's, like, one of those, like, delicious movies where you're like, oh, God, I would love to. Um, A Room with a View. Oh, I love it so much. Mr. Beeb. Mr. Beeb. Emerson. Oh, yes. So Eternal yes. Uh, so good. The Royal Tenenbaums.
0: Yes. Please. I'm, come on. Has anyone ever belonged in the Royal Tenenbaums more than oh. spicy holiday and steal half a cigarette? <laughs> I
1: mean, I this want, is like, I, I feel either. like he did. He did cop out some of my life. but I just need a, and I would love to have a pet falcon. Right? i was so jealous of the Falcon. Oh, my God. I would love a Falcon. And then what's my third movie? Um, someplace I would want to live. That's like, I think it's called Closer.
0: Oh, yeah. The Mike Nichols movie.
1: Yeah, but I only want to live in like the Clive Owens, Julia Roberts worlds. No problem. Not in no problem. The Natalie Portman. Jude you can Law. ignore.
0: You can totally ignore that side of things and yeah. never, never, Wait. never cross its path. Absolutely. Wait,
1: do I want to do Closer? Wait, hold on. <laughs> Such uh, a big, I told you question. this is the
0: hardest part. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Oh, you know what? OK, this is my third one is okay. desperately Seeking Susan. Oh, so good. I love that Lower East Side. I wish yes. I had like been in New York then. And I also love that sort of suburban with the great wallpaper. Yeah. I like both sides of it. I mean, yeah. desperately Seeking Susan. Yep. Those are my three. Great,
0: great, great, great. Great. Support all of that. OK, next one. Three foods that in this reality, maybe they're fattening or you feel like they're not good for the environment or whatever. They're too sugary now. You used to be able to eat it as a kid. Three foods that we're going to give you carte blanche. All those rules go away. You can have it as much as you want whenever you want. Snap of your fingers.
1: Um, I love that. I love that they, that also intimates that I, like, watch what I eat and have, like, a, like things I won't eat. No, that's bad for the environment. I'm not going to have barbecue ribs. Um, but I'm going to say barbecue ribs. Great. Do I have to say where from?
0: No. Okay. I mean, you can if you want to give a shout out. I know you're in the pocket of big at Evanston, so well, I assume I do, all of these I places do, are from
1: there. I do like Hecky's ribs, which is at Evanston. But um, oh, I also just like barbecue ribs everywhere. I've never great. had a bad barbecue rib. Great. Uh, barbecue ribs. I like Euros. Great and um it's my last one i really just like a i like a steak i like a steak oh, sure new york strip medium cider right. french fries or grilled onions
0: beautiful beautiful okay next one always a factor in mash three people that you would like to have any combination of these things whatever you want but like romance some sexy times some companionship who whatever you want Three people, living or dead, they could be characters in a book, they could be real people, they can be whatever, three people that you would like to have some sort of fling or long-term thing within this alternate universe.
1: Okay. Um, One is this guy who, I'm trying to think of how to explain him. He was at the Brookings Institution, his name is Pietro Nivola, Uh he wrote a bunch of really interesting books, and then randomly... He's the father of Alessandro Nivola, the actor.
0: Ah, which I was I wondering about the Nivola part.
1: Yeah, so one time I met Alessandro Nivola and I said, there's this guy I, I'm a huge fan of um, named Pietro Nivola. And because you have the same last name, you should read his books because that would be, and he was like, that's my dad. And I was like, that's your dad? And I started getting all sweaty and kind of crying uh-huh. a little bit. Well, we <laughs> know you got like... sweaty. <laughs> they, they, that was a given. But he was like, I've never <laughs> seen this reaction to, to my dad who writes <laughs> books about like, energy consumption and highway structure (gasps) Uh, but i just think he's really interesting i love Um, this i love samuel johnson i'm a huge fan of and i read i read him a lot Mm -hmm. um the 18th century he created the first dictionary he has really funny humorous essays yes um called the rambler essays that are really great and then who's my third one any oh uh, ulysses s grant i love him great i read grant's memoirs all the time
0: As you can imagine, all three of these are constantly being thrown out as MASH partners. I think you've successfully picked three people who have never been picked
1: before. I can't believe she's single. It's so easy to to find someone for her. And I like that I kind of want to be like... Grant post-Civil War, post presidency <laughs> in his later years, when Sexier. he's just sort of fun to hang out with, oh, him, he's a stressed out about I everything. Love like know, I love it. Like his cross-eyed wife, Julia Dent Grant, <laughs> he loved, who he loved a lot, but, you know, she has a lot of stress. Oh,
0: this uh, makes me so happy. <laughs> okay, wonderful. All right, uh, next category, let's do three alternate careers that you can try on, um, and just, you know, dip it dip a toe if you like it, you like it, if you don't, no problem. Three alternate okay. careers.
1: Um, dairy Farmer. Large animal, uh, a farrier. okay. And and then like, I would love to be like um, somebody who just designs like wallpaper. Oh, a a textile designer.
0: Textiles. Yes, indeed. Okay. Wonderful. But Um, but I'm
1: able to make a living, right? And I can like. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Very successful.
0: Very successful in any of these careers. Um, Let's do three shows from the past or I guess present, but like three shows that it would have been fun to write for.
1: Wait, can I just also change Farrier to Barrel Racer at Rodeos? Uh
0: Professional Barrel Racer instead of
1: Farrier. Done. Why did I choose Farrier if I could be a professional Barrel Racer? (laughs) Um, Three shows that I wish I could have written for? Yes. Mary Tyler Moore Show, Rhoda, New Heart.
0: Great, 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 great. Okay. Three places in time that you would like to visit. It could be a very specific moment or it could be an era, but you're in a safety bubble no matter what. So whatever happens, you're not going to get like hurt or get the grip or the croup or the colic or the plague or the whatever. Yeah.
1: Gangrene. Or the humors or the vapors. or consumption. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Three 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 periods of time I'd like to visit. It's funny because I read a lot of I, I, I mostly read nonfiction. I read all the time and I'm always struck by how glad I am to live in the current time because I'm always like, there was no aspirin. Oh, for sure. Smelly. But are
0: you curious? Like, wouldn't you be curious to, if you were a person who's interested in history again, not yeah. to have to live there, but to be able to visit there and be like, okay, I have seen this with my own eyes. Like I've seen it. I'm not seeing it depicted in a film. I'm not seeing old right. grainy sepia pictures that make it hard to remember that these people are flesh and blood just like us. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: And I don't have to live there. Or you could
0: solve a mystery. Listen, if you want to go back and be like, I I actually got to see blah, blah, blah. So I know yada, yada.
1: Yeah. All right. I'm going to say 900 common era time of the Vikings. Great. um, The Tudor court. Great. And um, Mark Anthony era Rome.
0: I was not worried that you were going to lack in in answers. Okay. And then finally... I also have to say in uh all those
1: things, I want to be like a man with power. I don't want to be like a woman... Chattel, heard nothing heard like okay. heard
0: and assured heard and assured uh okay and then Thank finally you. Thank you. three yeah oh yeah I'm listen I as like as I said I'm aiming to please on this final category three musicians could be a composer singer songwriter bands whatever but three musicians that are creating uh sort of your own life soundtrack like brand new music that somehow captures like oh. a lot of different moods in a day and stuff like that
1: um gershwin's three preludes i think about a lot um
0: and by the way i'm saying this uh, this can music can exist but i'm also saying like it's somebody you like and they're going to do it for you like it's going to be brand new never heard before
1: okay so gershwin's alive he's gonna he's gonna do a little lord Craft. okay Mm -hmm. and all right gershwin what kind of music is my it's funny too because i also like I mean, I'm sure everybody says the same thing, but I listen to so much music, and I'm always like in my own soundtrack of my life. Yeah. So it kind of like shifts around a lot. Mm Hmm. Um. I love Blondie. Great. So I feel like it would be. I would love 70s to see... 70s era Blondie writing yeah. a song. Like, somehow. Great. That's but not I'm like. About. Yeah, like not like. No offense, but you know, 70s era. I love the yes. early stuff the most, but they're all very Understood. talented. Um. And then who's my third one? I really love Baroque music. I would say Bach.
0: Oh, great. Okay, uh, give me a word that you could sort of use to describe how you felt when you woke up this morning.
1: Um, Excited. I'm kind of excited every morning when I wake up.
0: Hoping for sweaty, totally happy with excited.
1: <laughs> um,
0: I am going to use that word to give you uh, your outcome this 100% guaranteed alternate universe <laughs> mash life that I'm, we're building for you. Okay. Will you tell people if there is something that they need to be checking out right now, something you worked on, something you're into, a ways to follow you, anything like that? It's a, it's a
1: moment to vamp.
0: We could also just do a quick edit so that you didn't have to do any of that. And like I have the magically have the results.
1: Um, I don't, oh my goodness. I mean, everything I'm doing is like development stuff that it would be, hopefully you'll see it, but we don't know. Right. That's that's what it's like to be a writer. It's like, I don't know. I have a bunch of irons in the fire, but like, I don't know what's, you know, work. And then what have I worked on? I worked on Grimsburg was my last show, but that won't come out till spring of 23. Uh I worked on Sausage Party for Amazon, but that won't come out till I'm not sure when. Uh I mean, I, I do know that they're going to be really good, but I don't know when they come out uh what did i work on before that yeah i worked yeah that's those are the two things that are coming out but not for a while great all right here's oh thing. i'm already regretting stuff like you seven, are 70s like squat culture in london i would have loved to see what that was like i know i i, would know. Have loved I to, knew like, that you would, would have stack. too many
0: good ideas I knew you'd have too many, but this is what you're stuck with. Um, I I, I think it's still great. Mansion, apartment, shack, house, that's utterly out of my control. And I I want to let you know that you did get a shack, but it is in Paris. So you have a beautiful shack in Paris. I'm I'm going to build that. It's it's, it's still going to be great. You're going to be in on all the beauty and glory uh, that is the Parisian culture. Um, You also... (laughs) Listen, I don't know how often... People in Paris are eating barbecue ribs, but I want to let you know you have access to them. Snap of your fingers magically. They're there for you whenever you need those barbecue ribs. No matter where you are, there they are. <laughs> barbecue ribs unlimited. I also want to congratulate you on that works for me with, you know, listen, you finish doing uh, some of that barrel racing. You are going to be hungry. <laughs> Slap some of those ribs in your face. Nothing wrong with that. I also want to congratulate you on the wonderful work you did working on New Heart. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that was a super fun experience that you talked to your uh, partner Samuel Johnson about at length. <laughs> he understood uh, the turn of a funny turn of phrase. Um, you also have and I, and th- all of this is happening with a sort of Gershwin backdrop of uh, of music that's created just for you in the moments you're living your life um you also have the ability to jump into the royal tenenbaums whenever you want <laughs> and you can visit uh the 900 common era vikings and see what that was all about maybe see some uh some genetics some, some ancestry <laughs> happening there um and that's and that's it. That's that's your 100 percent guaranteed uh, alternate life that's happening here for a, for a mash. How are you feeling about it? You feel good?
1: I'm feeling really good. I'm realizing Except that for all, all of heart, the things you
0: wish you'd said,
1: all the things I wish I said, but also the new heart. I, I actually meant the Bob Newhart show, which was the one Bob Newhart the heart first show. one. Not the that's one what where I, he is that's like, also what I meant. OK, because <laughs> no offense to yeah, the new heart heart show, Bob Newhart show. Also mm-hmm. very funny. That was the one that this is new my heart brother, show. Larry. This is my other brother, Larry. But yeah, I want again. Definitely Definitely. the Bob Newhart show. Yeah. I want Jerry the dentist. I want. Yeah. yeah.
0: Don't worry. Don't worry. You're all set. Laura Craft. This has been such a joy. Uh, I'm so glad that we got through our little uh, technology blip. No big deal. Um, And uh, and this is what a pleasure. And maybe we'll need to reunion with everybody who was at the dinner that was actually two separate dinners because i feel like the night really got good when all five of us were talking so i know and Ooh, you should be a of pot
1: from liberty so oh my god i do they're london. so expensive i don't care about money i know I'm i know
0: it. it's me i'm the selfish one
1: <laughs> <laughs> i don't care much you have to spend apology. <laughs> i asked for a bowl of pot from liberty in london you did. Do you really? know that I actually
0: went there three separate times because I kept running out of time before they were going to close? Because oh, uh, no. I was there for a con. So I would have to, like, jump on the train as soon as the convention finished and, like, run to Liberty. And th- I really was like, somewhere in here, there's going to be, like, a bolt that's, like, really affordable. And I was going to grab it. But even the remnants are, like, you know what I mean? It's like a remnant yeah. of, like, a six by eight square. And it's, like, $73. Oh, no, I had really
1: a great good store. Taste i have lovely you taste.
0: have excellent taste Thank never you so much. let anyone tell you you don't <laughs> uh all but right I
1: would love, uh, let's do dinner seriously for real yeah okay okay
0: all right i'm, I'm not i'm not hollywooding you on that that's for reals
1: me neither Falling. i'm evanstoning okay. you on this
0: i'm evanston oh, shit you on this. she just i just got evanston you right. just got straight Guys, up Evanstoned. i got a dinner to plan <laughs> i will talk to everybody else next week on the podcast This show is produced by Julian Burrell and Christian Duenas. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Remember one,
1: we could save kittens from trees. comedy and culture, artist owned, audience supported.